This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hey, uh, this communication with my management, you know, I feel stuck there. I want to ask my management for something. Maybe, maybe it's a salary kind of increment because based on research, it's kind of below the market. How am I going to approach this conversation? You're listening to Career Talk, a podcast series by the Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. At Career Talk, we help you take charge of your own career and make your ambition pay off. I'm your host, Tae Hong Yi. Career coaching is a term frequently bandied about in discourses surrounding employment and employability and related policies. Though the basic concept is intuitive, some might be hesitant to meet a career coach without knowing what a session entails. That's why we're trying something new today. We've roped in a seasoned career coach to walk us through the career coaching process using my own CV as an example. He is Mr. Tan Kok Guan, founder of Brocolize, which provides career coaching services to job seekers across all seniorities and in a huge range of industries. He has over 20 years of experience spanning engineering, recruitment and career coaching before striking out on his own. Thanks for agreeing to come on our podcast and give a glimpse of your work to those who might be unaware or hesitant to pursue career coaching. Thanks, Hong Yi, for having me on your podcast. So without further ado, Kok Guan, could we invite you to share with us how did you end up as a career coach? Now, how I started as a career coach goes back quite a long way because the twists and turns in life are often unpredictable. And as Steve Jobs once said, uh, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And that's what I see now. So way back, I started my career in engineering, specifically in the electronics industry. So I was a test application engineer, mainly looking after our equipment that we sell to semiconductor manufacturers. So I was out in the field frequently. And then after um, six or seven years, I transited actually to recruitment consulting, what we call headhunting. Now this this, uh, change comes quite opportunistically, I would say. Uh, there was a call by a headhunter out of the blue. And uh, after several conversations, and actually after three years, I took up the opportunity because I was still happy in engineering back then when she first uh, reached out to me. And then from there to recruitment consulting is a big change, major change. So the skill sets called for are different. In recruitment, we're always talking to candidates every day and clients also. Right, trying to find a match and so on. So I did that for, well, close to 13 over years. And then before I stepped out from there and kind of, uh, it was in a contemplation mode on what I would like to do next because, you know, there's a feeling that I, I should move on from recruitment at the time. So later on, I found a career coaching in, in the university. Yeah, and I went to that. You might wonder from recruitment to career coaching, right? There is some uh, transferable skill sets from there. The engagement of candidates can be now to engagement of students, undergraduates, right? I was in National University of Singapore. But there's also differences because I'm, I was then engaging with uh, you know, mature, mid-level, senior-level candidates and now going to interface with very young demographic. Doing that for three and a half years, and then I stepped away to explore what I want to do next because I got this feeling that uh, something else is you know, calling out to me. And then finally, in the year 2022, I decided to start up my own career coaching uh, venture called Brocolize. I named it Brocolize. The main motivation of this is to provide career coaching and reach out to a wider spectrum 
of clients from just students to all walks of life, from young careerists to very seasoned professionals, whoever needs uh, you know, career coaching. So I've been doing that since uh, you know, August 2022 until now. So more than a year here. I've been quite fulfilling so far, engaged with many clients uh, from different demographics and doing what I like to do, which is having that high touch engagement and journeying with my clients in their in their career towards their career goals. Did you ever seek out career coaching yourself? Um, actually, no. <laughs> I've never uh, actually seek out career coaching myself. Yeah, so it was only when I was uh, into career coaching in the university that I started this. Right. So then, let's start with looking into the process of career coaching. Prior to a career coaching session, prior to a first session, how much research should someone do ahead of time? Should they already have a clear idea of the industries and roles that they are keen on to benefit from such a session? So prior to starting the coaching session proper, uh, I'm speaking about my in my capacity now in Brocolize. I would usually, I would always actually uh, engage with the prospect uh, on a discovery session. So this is a session where I find out what their underlying or their presenting situation is, whichever career situation uh, he or she is coming with. And then it's also a chance for me to share on my approach and processes. And we set some expectations there. So expectations is important. So you know, some uh, might come in expecting that a coaching session is about giving you all the answers from the coach, right? Uh, providing all the solutions. Actually, that's, that's not the case. So coaching is actually a collaborative process, uh, a partnership between the coach and the coachee, whereby the coach seeks to empower the client to, to find the eventual answers and clarity that they are seeking through a process of uh, asking questions, asking probing questions, searching questions to, to search into certain inner values, personality traits, interests and, and skills and so on. And then uh, at the same time, providing some insights like from, from my case, I've worked for many years, so I can provide some lenses, right, from uh, my previous experiences on what the hiring manager is looking for. And because of my recruitment experience, I can maybe point out certain industries and functions that this uh, client might be able to consider. So through this process, I, I would call this a bit of a hybrid between asking questions to prompt the person, to prompt the client to think, reflect deeper, to, to understand self-discovery. Right, that's the, the main core or the fundamental before you've got to understand yourself first and then understand the market before we can connect these two together. So the process is like what I say, a hybrid of between uh, asking questions, uh, uh, seeking for clarity within the person by reflection, as well as providing some resources and a bit of guidance as well because career coaching is as such. So before you all meet for the first time, right? Is there any preparation you advise uh, prospects to work on first so that the session will be more productive, more constructive? Correct. So besides setting the expectation of what the coaching session is, the other thing will be coming in with an open mind. Because actually many a times uh, when the client comes to me, uh, it could be after a long period you know, of a bit of struggle, dilemma, whether to seek out help or not, even though they might know that such a service exists out there, there could be a lot of fears of approaching someone because the client might be seen there's some weakness and then the, maybe a bit of ego as well on that. So, so coming with an open mind is important and coming with the preparedness to share 
what the struggles are is important too because if uh, it's not forthcoming with those information, then the coach uh, uh, might not have as, as, as smooth a time in unraveling the situation and, and pointing out the possibilities, right? Yeah, so I think it takes both hands to clap. It's a collaborative process. And thirdly, I always ask for the, the CV prior to the first session. Uh, we can talk a bit more about that later, but uh, that's to, just to have some prior understanding of where the person is. And uh, lastly, it's good, it's useful if uh, the client comes away with some idea of sectors and functions that he or she might want to consider. Assuming that this is a case of a coachee who is coming here for exploring how to do a career change. So I think that would really help uh, if there's some idea. But that's not a prerequisite. If the person come in totally, you know, on a blank sheet, it's also okay. You know, because normally, there is something there already. It just takes the coach to uncover. Yeah, so what are the range of issues that coaches approach you for coaching for? I can broadly uh, categorize this into four main areas. One is career planning. So this is more upstream. La. Career planning slash self-discovery. This presents itself as a coachee who comes with, you know, I'm a bit lost. I got, I'm considering, I know I want to move on from, from this job. I have this path A, path B, even path C that I'm considering based on my research or, or I heard from out there. Uh, I have some interest in all of this. But uh, which ones should I actually go for and focus my efforts on? You know, I'm a dilemma because I'm also, you know, seeking some causes to take to, to up my skills in those, those areas. Or, you know, this person is, says that the feeling burnout, the feeling that I should be somewhere else doing something else, but I don't know what that is. You know, uh, so I want to seek coaching to attain some clarity. Second is personal branding. So this one, by this one, I mean your CV your LinkedIn profile, online presence, and so on. Yeah, so some clients do come to me specifically for that. Although majority comes under the first category. Yeah, so on the fine tune, their CV because they're applying for roles, right? And they're not getting the hits. Uh, employers not calling them, back, calling them back. Recruiters are not calling them back. So they think there's something to do with the CV. Lah. So need some enhancement. Yep, or or even the LinkedIn, right? Because nowadays people look at LinkedIn, you know, employees will go and check out LinkedIn. So the LinkedIn may not be may not be up to a certain standard of visibility out there. The third thing would be interviewing skills. So, you know, being called up for an interview next week, let's say, or you know, two weeks later, they want to get more prepared, the clients. And uh, they have been through interviews before and they somehow not able to get into the later stages of the interview or couldn't nail it, like couldn't get the offer. So they want to find out what could be better improved, what could be elevated in their interviewing uh, abilities. So they come. So this is the third category, right, of uh, coaching. And then the, there's uh, the fourth category that I'll call career development. So this is, uh, well, the, the client is uh, more or less happy with where he or she is. He's not seeking out to leave or move on from a job. But there's something there in the current capacity that is preventing him or her from advancements, progress, or growth, you know? Be that promotion, or be that uh, salary growth, or be that personal growth. Yeah, so so the presenting issue will be, hey, uh, this communication with my management, you know, 
I feel stuck there. I want to ask my management for something. Maybe maybe it's a salary kind of increment because, you know, based on research, it's kind of below the market. How am I going to approach this conversation? Or it could be some some little bit of a friction, you know, or a discomfort with a peer or the supervisor. So need some help to see how to how to do this in in a more professional manner. Or it could be visibility issues. I'm working hard. Uh, I thought my work will speak for itself. But hey, I'm not. I'm getting passed up for opportunities and so on. What's wrong? Do I need to change the way I kind of present myself and so on? Ah, so these are the situations. Uh, this is not comprehensive, of course. There are many others. Yeah, maybe politics and so on. And even networking, if they, they come with things, I want to do networking, but how do I do that? You know, so. But that gives us a very good indication of the range of issues people can come to career coaching for. It's not just about, I have all these skills, I have this CV, where can I go next? Right? Which I think is the prevailing idea of what career coaching looks like that we want to try and maybe you know, get more nuance into today. So what is the structure of a first session then? You know, have bearing, or bearing in mind people come with all these different issues, right? So and you mentioned that they should come in with an open mind before the session. Uh, but then what is the actual structure when you come and sit down for a first proper session? Right. So it, uh, like what you pointed out, it depends on what they are coming for the sessions for. But let's take for the instance of uh, something that encompasses uh, a wide kind of range of topics. So maybe a common one will be trying to determine the next career path, the next career option, kind of determine to move on already. So want to set that. And at the same time, also want to do the operational aspects like you know enhancing the resume, the CV. Uh, interview, maybe yes or no, depending on later uh, or whether the interview comes and what seek help with that. And then uh, how to prepare to kind of take on that new job. So something like that would usually uh, involve maybe three to four to five sessions, depending on the, the level of detail that we, we want to go into as agreed by the coach and the coachee. And these sessions each usually last for how long? The sessions usually last for one and a half hours each session because I think that's uh, kind of more or less the, the sweet spot for something a bit more in-depth, uh, yet not too overwhelming and not too short uh, such that you, you have to go you know, within an hour and there might be something still, still hanging there. So I think one and a half hours plus minus. I would imagine so because sometimes people need to warm up in the last... 20 to 30 minutes and then it's only when after that period then they realise everything they said they start connecting the dots and, and it's only when you start connecting the dots with them that there's progress made I would imagine that's right that's right so I, I find this to be kind of the sweet spot uh, although I, I I must say that uh, usually it, it kind of go beyond that a little, little bit you know uh, during the sharings or, or otherwise so you mentioned that you asked the individual for their CV, no matter what, as sort of a base. And what information are you looking out for in the CV? And what, you know, what maybe other issues are there in the CV that you look out for, the structure and the way it's presented, for example? So let me tie that back to continuing the question you have just now about the structure of the, the first session. So I, I, I would request for the CV once the, it's agreed that we will, we will start the engagements. So the purpose of having the CV is to have a pre-idea before the meeting on the person's experience and some skill sets. So there's so much you can tell from a CV without actually talking to the person in more detail. The more obvious thing that you can catch from there is experience, right? How many years in, in which kind of industries, which kind of job functions, and what are the, the key skill sets that this person comes with? 
be that something analytical, content production, or human resource, or marketing, or data engineering, for example. So I would like to know that to set the, the ground so that by the time we meet for the first time, uh, bearing in mind, we already have the discovery session where I listen to what is the underlying situation. So with that and the CV, I'll put that together and do some a bit of homework so that when uh, we meet uh, during the first session, we, we can go right in after a short intro, right? Rapport building, of course. The, the first uh, five, 10 minutes is always rapport building, right? It can be anything under the sun. And then uh, I'll slowly and naturally draw back, draw it down, draw in the, 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 the presenting situation. So what happened in the first session, so I would like to investigate, you know, delve into the person's values, specifically the work values, interests, personality and skills. So like the work values, for example, are things that the person holds dearly, a close belief, right, that they must have in the workplace or the work culture or the job nature. Because remember, this person is trying to determine the next path. So an important consideration is values, right? So if you don't believe in this kind of work to be meaningful, or you don't believe that this industry is doing the right thing, implications of the environment, for example, yeah, and then you would not want to consider those, right? I mean, those will be not the ones you want to consider in the first place or even uh, maybe less a priority. So I think this is important as a bedrock for your self-discovery. This will be the person, but the coach, let me, helps to draw that out through questions and through sharing insights. And then we talk about interests. Interests and skills usually kind of uh, come together as a kind of feeding of each other. So we want to find out, uh, I want to find out about the person's like motivated skills, which is actually an intersection of interest and skills. So high, high in that skill, high in the interest. So if you have that as an intersection point, we call it motivated skills. And if you're going to deploy motivated skill in your next job, you are more likely to be sustainable and be successful and be happy than if, let's say, if this person, I find out that is a burnout skill. Burnout skill means the skill is there. You're good in doing that already in the current job, for example. But the interest has dropped to a low, maybe an all-time low. And that's why the person is feeling the burnout or wanting to move on. Very good in it, but don't like to do it anymore for whatever reason. It could be tied back to values even. So as maybe the stage of life go goes on, maybe the value towards a certain attribute in the job has diminished or changed. And therefore that fits into affecting the interest level. And, though, and therefore, if you have a burnout skill in this case, we try our best not to deploy that, right, in the next job. And then the last thing is personality, which I'll go through as well. Personality is a, is a kind of a interesting one because it doesn't mean that, uh, let's say, if we kind of have a sense the personality is like that, it doesn't mean that uh, this person is definitely, say, not suitable for a certain kind of role. Uh, often used example that I have is sales role. So if this person comes to me, it comes across that way that maybe he's not so uh, outward or not so social. And the person also said it himself or herself that he's more introverted, uh, you know, will never want to do sales. But I would then not saying that, uh, I would not say outright discourage that kind of role because there are, you know, proven instances where the person is not of that kind of personality trait, but succeed in the, those roles like sales or business development or marketing. And why is that so? Uh, it's usually because the person has a strong value. Remember the value that I talked about attached to that 
that opportunity, like believe so much in it, that is able to over, you know, uh, overpower or compensate for the lack of personality trait suitable for that role. Yes, actually, it's something I personally relate to as well in my line of work as a journalist. I wouldn't say that uh, I am the sort who is very outward, who can really make the sort of cold calls that this role rather requires sometimes. But then, like you said, attaching the values of it, the satisfaction of explaining things and getting it out there, of getting new things out to people and exposing them to these new things and therefore creating new conversations, meaningful conversations, that outweighs that sort of apprehension. So so when you say that, that just kind of very, very much resonated with me, this sort of structure, and I'm glad to hear that it's not unique, you know, that there are a lot of workers in a similar position. And that's why I would say one category of roles, it can vary so much, right, by industry within the category of roles and the exact kind of processes and products and deliverables and results. So, so I think that that was really much uh, fleshing it out. Let's try something a bit more interactive. I have my CV here. And let's say if I were a coachy, I have these skill sets. I've been in journalism all my full-time working life. My concern is if I do want to make a move outside of journalism to explore new pastures, my worry is that the skills are not transferable. So if this is a problem statement, and I suspect this is a problem statement that is not uncommon among journalists and media professionals, what do you usually say to them in this kind of scenario? Or just generally speaking, when people are worried about transferability of skills? Yeah, so so you that's a good, uh, interesting example, right? From from your CV and your experience. You may think that, uh, eh, you're doing journalism and it's, it's more or less stuck to this this niche and all that. But remember, I talk about transferable skill sets, which I myself in my career has kind of deployed a lot of that in, in my transition from engineering to recruitment to coaching. So like for your case, what I'll do during the coaching session, first session, second session, uh, will be to, to break it down, your skill sets. So this one, we are focusing on skills, skills now. So based on your CV, I got some idea on what you're good at, right? You know, analytical, uh, communication skills, writing, attention to detail, uh, you're driven, you, you started the podcast, for instance, this podcast, and launch it, you're able to project manage and all that. So these are actually, without most people realizing it, transferable skill sets that you can pivot into another industry or even job function. So I would instigate the coachee, like in this case, you, uh, after processing this, right? So usually skill sets will be divided into technical or hard skills, we call it, and soft skills, which is also called transferable skills. So uh, simply put, hard skills are those that you either acquire through a training, formal, formal training or informal training, right? Through school, you pick up certain things. For example, some people study communication and journalism and so on, or engineering. Those are hard skills, right? Software. But they, you can also pick it up yourself, right? It could be through informal course outside or just self-learn. You know, these days, a lot of online resources. For example, I self-taught uh, a bit of video editing or generative AI from, thing, from, from engineering, right? So, then, And then the soft skills, which is uh, what I mentioned just now. These are more interpersonal in nature. So things like problem solving, ability to analyze, analytical ability, whether is it quantitative or qualitative or both, collaboration, 
because uh, like like your CV and your experience shows, right? You work in a complex cross-platform and cross-border the teams for for some of your editorial work. So from there, I'll be able to pick up and by talking to you to kind of cross-examine, uh, I'll be able to pick up that you have that kind of uh, ability to collaborate, uh, maybe even do influencing, buy-in, good at stakeholder management, project management, problem solving, you know, work under pressure and so on, which I, what I can see from here. Plus the fact that, oh, I, I also saw that you got a very good GPA back in your university days. So, so this kind of shows me that you are at least quite driven, right, to put in the, the work and, and, and of a certain uh, kind of capability. So putting all this together, then I will then uh, collaboratively, of course, kind of list out what are the transferable, top transferable skill sets that you have. So only, so maybe one, two, three, right? And then from there, if you are really seeking uh, uh, kind of a next pathway, the next part of the equation will be to look outside, right? The, the industry, so uh, if you have something in mind, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll invite that to bring it in and we'll see whether that, that fits from the transferable skill sets point of view. And then if you have none of that, then, the, you know, we'll go back and do some research. You know, the research can be done by you, done by me as well. And then of some, some might already be known and then I can probably bring some of them forward to suggest that, hey, maybe you can look at this. Uh, how about this? human resource? How about this consulting? For, for example, how about this policy analyst? That's great because I think that what this little example, little exercise shows that people sometimes might even underestimate how transferable their skills are. Just because you're in a niche industry and you perceive it to be a niche skill set, but the process of developing the skill set and applying the skill set is actually quite transferable. Correct. And I believe you do this all the time. You reach out to people that you don't know, right? In order to get them either to be on this podcast or other yes, yes, kind of editorial stories, work. Yeah. So this ability to do this outreach, if I look at that, right, you you, you definitely need to be, pluck out a bit of a courage initiative, maybe thick skin a bit even sometimes. Depends to on the someone. values, like the alignment to the values. Because I think the Correct. personality, there's a personality hurdle, at least personally Correct. for me. So when you, it was very relatable when you when you brought that up. Right, right. So so your ability to do this in your, because you do this in your, this job. So if you think about it, this one, what can we relate that to in other kind of roles out there if it's not uh, journalism? So, so you would, what, what can other, you think of? You other know? roles that where there's a similar attachment to the values that overcomes this personality inclination then Correct. To, to do this thing. So it is possible to do this thing of co-calling and outreach and yeah. so on. But then it would have to be similar insofar as, oh, it must overcome that personality baseline through the through how much how strongly I feel for the values right. and then I would look for roles and options from there and this is I, I imagine this is what a coach would do in a similar situation correct so remember the the sales role or business development roles yes. that I talked about so so for instance in, 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 in your case because of your disability maybe a recruiter looking at your I mean this talking about the operationalizing side already the recruiter right let's say you're, yes. you're in front of a recruiter trying to place you somewhere and uh, of course, maybe before that, you attend coaching and already identified these things. Yes. You're armed with these things to, to tell the recruiter already. So, hey, the recruiter might think that, hey, Hongi, maybe you want to try looking at this business development role because although it seems uh, very, far apart. very far apart, but you have this uh, experience of reaching out to people and uh, do cold call and all that, right? Open up doors. So how about a business development role to develop this new area, this new sector or desk in our consulting firm? For example, 
whichever consulting. It could be recruitment consulting. It could be business consulting. Uh, it could be uh, other areas where you need to open up new new clients. So, so this is just one example of how... Yeah, but it's a really... great example. Just, you know, yeah. Even just in such a short kind of compressed demonstration, I mm. think it showcases what coaching does. And it also showcases some nuances in terms of, oh, transferable skills. There's actually nuanced one that, you know, skills sometimes don't look transferable, but they can be presented transferable. There's a transferable element that's not immediately apparent. Correct. So so that's the skill set part. Then of course, like what you pointed out, the values part got to come into play as well. Yes. So so the whole values, interest, personality skills, or what we call VIPS, uh, yeah, to, to come into kind of holistic kind of view to assess whether, oh, this next option is is a viable one to, to put some effort into. Right. So when the listener then let's say if they're convinced by this podcast and they want to seek out career coaching, they've never done career coaching. What makes a good career coach? What are indications of a good career coach? What, in your opinion, right, do you think are the sort of, you know, things that make up a good career coach that they should mm. have? You know, when, when uh, clients seek out career coaching, there's one uh, common reason that I find, right, which I, I, I knew already, but uh, it's just a firm la, time and again. You know, they can seek out their own mentors that they have, their friends, their close friends, their family members, maybe their spouse to seek advice, right? And these are well-meaning, of course, people. They have their interests at heart. But then again, on the other hand, at the same time, these are also people that are close to them. So, uh, you know, at times you want an objective person outside of the picture, outside of the immediate social uh, circle to give you that kind of uh, lens perspective. Yes. I think this is a very important point. Yes, then in terms of the background and knowledge, how about that for a career coach? Yeah, background and knowledge-wise, I think uh, if you ask me, uh, yes. uh, uh, what, what would be a good career coach to, to seek out? I think the experience counts a lot. And the experience, not just saying uh, years of career coaching experience. Actual industry experience. The actual industry experience, working, having worked out there in whatever industry, uh, for for a certain period of time, I think that builds up the mileage for this person to be a better coach. Because then, why the person will have be able to uh, put on different lenses, and the person who have gotten insights and perspectives from their various jobs and the interface with many people. So, like for example, in my case, I've interfaced with um, many many different candidates, uh, clients, and all that from from different demographics, right? So so and then also hiring practices, this and that. So able to provide that kind of uh, view viewpoints to 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 the coachee to the client. So I think that's one uh, important thing. The other thing is you want to see whether a bit of social proof, you know, you want to look out before you want to agree to engage this coach. Uh, usually the approach will will share some kind some kind of social proof, right, on on what the previous clients have said about him or her. Testimonials. Yeah, testimonials. So I think these are a few things uh, in my perspective non-judgmental. So the coach shouldn't be someone uh, during the sessions very judgmental based on your this thing. Yes. You know, kind of giving the idea that you are like that and you are giving some comments that saying that Or someone are, who is prescriptive that you should only be looking at certain roles, correct. certain Sh- skills. Shouldn't be judgmental and shouldn't be prescriptive. It's never meant to be prescriptive because the, the final answer lies with the client, the coach here. So I think on this point of navigation, I think it's a great time for us to really end this podcast. There was Mr. Tan Kok Guan, career coach and founder of Brocolize, on what career coaching entails. Thanks a lot, Kok Guan. Thank you, Hongi. 
Well, that's a wrap for this 11th episode of Career Talk. I'm Tae Hong Yi. If you resonate with the points raised, do share this podcast episode with your friends and family. Please feel free to share your career coaching experience with us as well. You can also get more career and personal finance tips in the latest edition of ST's Head Start newsletter. We have all the links in our show notes too. I'll be back on the second Monday of every month with Career Talk. Have a great year ahead and thanks for listening. Send your feedback to podcast at sbh.com.sg. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or within our Straits Times app. Thanks for listening.